Hi, and welcome to the Prelude Podcast, where we talk about all things weddings and help you get down the aisle. I'm Megan, your co-host of the Prelude Podcast. And I'm Maggie, your other co-host of the Prelude Podcast. And today we are going to be talking about how to choose your wedding venue. We have four tips to kind of help you guide this decision-making process. Tip number one is your guest count, not necessarily all of your guests, your total guest invite number, but realistically, how many guests will be showing up yeah, on the wedding day? Your expected guest count, mm-hmm. pretty much. Yeah. Do you have any tips on how to find your expected guest count? I kind of do yeah. ish. Well, it's been a roller coaster through COVID. <laughs> That's <laughs> true. Because pre COVID, uh, I think we're kind of back to that rule of thumb, but through COVID, that was all over the place. What I tell my clients is to expect around a third of your guests to not attend for just normal various reasons that they can't come to your wedding. That's about the same as what I usually say. Yeah. For for at least like a local wedding. Sometimes destinations might be higher depending yes. on the location. Yes. If I have a couple that is getting married in Chattanooga and it's a destination for them, for all their guests, or if a lot of their guests just don't live here, then I do advise them that they will likely have a higher percentage of people that don't come to their wedding, that don't attend. Um, And they know their guests, you know, they know if people are going to be able to road trip or fly or whatever that looks like. But to kind of think through whether it's their friends or the extended family, how many people realistically would be able to come and attend. And the reason that's so important to know before you start really touring venues or while you're looking into venues and reaching out to them is because you (laughs) don't want to book a venue that's way too small for your expected (laughs) guest count. And yeah. you don't really want a venue that's, you know, too big. Too I mean, big. that's the better option. Uh, yeah, but. it is the better option. You can always make a, a room look more full. True. But True. I, this is an extreme, but like the difference of a <laughs> 1,000 person venue versus 200 exactly. is going to be a lot. Exactly. So. And keep in mind, a lot of venues will either advertise or simply let you know their capacity, like their fire hazard capacity for the venue. And we do not recommend that being your actual expected guest count for that venue because capacity means you can cram a lot more people in there, you know, standing, standing, not sitting at your dinner tables, not having like a photo booth or a dance floor or anything like that. Like that's purely just how many people can we cram in here according to fire code. Yeah, we would recommend what, like half? Probably yeah. your most comfortable mm-hmm. guest count when seated at guest tables, depending yeah. on the layout, depending on the table sizes. Yeah, so if it's, you know, fire code of 400, you're probably going to be expecting a guest count of 200. So again, not every person that you're inviting, your guest invite list will be over that, but expecting around 200 people for that that venue. Yeah, agreed. And I guess the next part of this that we want to talk a little bit about is budget when choosing a wedding venue. Ideally, prior to picking your venue, you have already had some of the initial tough budget conversations, you know, with your partner, with if family is also helping to contribute, you know, wherever you're pulling all these funds from. Kind of starting to have that initial tough conversation about who's paying for what, any expectations tied with that. 
So that way you have an idea of here's our overall budget coming from whatever people. And then, I mean, your planners or even just a quick Google search can kind of give you an idea of a percentage that your venue will likely be out of that budget. Mm -hmm. I will say, though, I feel like a lot of couples come and they have this idea of this is my overall wedding budget because I've heard that this is the average cost of weddings Mm -hmm. in America. And they book the venue and think they've got a lot left over for all of their other vendors. And the venue really has taken a huge chunk of that budget yeah so obviously when you're booking your venue you might not know you know exactly how much everything else is going to cost hopefully you've gone through some of your market averages with vendors that we talked about I think Mm -hmm. in the second episode but what do you recommend like how do you choose the venue without having gotten all these very kind of hard quote from other vendors and if you do have a planner or a day of coordinator booked at this time Mm -hmm. great good for you that's an amazing choice they can probably help they can help you like they can give you an idea too. like you should mm-hmm. book this venue over the other one or yeah but let's say like all you've done is you've got engaged you're talking about like we really want to get married you know this time of year we really love this venue you don't have a planner yet. you don't have any vendors booked yet you know mm-hmm. whatever and you're just starting to figure all of this out do a quick market research for your area for your state even for your city and that will help give you a guideline because the national average for a wedding isn't necessarily going to match the area that you're getting married in or the venue that you chose or the or venue your budget you because chose. of the venue you chose. exactly yeah and if what I advise my clients is at the end of the day with your budget we can look at you know average percentages of what people spend on mm-hmm. from there but it ultimately comes down to whatever your priorities are so yeah. if you are looking at venues and you your heart is really, really set on a venue and you're still at the beginning of this process, you don't quite know quotes from other vendors yet, you don't maybe you don't have a planner or a day of coordinator yet, you're still just figuring this stuff out, just keep in mind if that venue that you have your heart set on is the venue that you want to get married at and that's a huge priority. Like you can compromise already on budget for mm-hmm. florals, for yeah. photographer, music, whatever, you know, whatever is not as important that's great you are making that decision pretty early on and that means you're probably cutting into the budget for those other things early on but if that's your priority then go for it Mm -hmm. yeah and kind of think also too higher the guest count the higher everything is gonna cost as well everything so i mean yeah basically every what not music yeah (laughs) every everything else else gets affected by that quote everything food hair and makeup Yes. flowers yeah. are invites we yeah. keep going <laughs> yeah really everything. literally everything that has so. variable yeah to it which actually leads really nicely into the difference between an all-inclusive venue or a semi-partial inclusive venue mm-hmm. versus a non-inclusive venue yeah so what is an all-inclusive venue all-inclusive Still, I guess a little misleading because they usually don't have literally every vendor, but you are getting a lot of vendors Mm -hmm. included in a huge package through the venue. You're getting catering, bar, potentially dessert, like Mm -hmm. your baker. You're getting rentals included in that, whether that's just tables and chairs, but Mm -hmm. also linens, also drapery, lighting, anything like that. It could be tableware. And some all-inclusive venues will let you bring in Mm -hmm. other dishware or tables and chairs. 
some don't at least that I have found yes it does vary yeah and I think the nuance of an all-inclusive or even a semi-inclusive like they just have catering Mm-hmm. and bar and the tables and chairs they don't have anything else but you do get those things included mm-hmm. the key with those is to really just look at what you're getting mm-hmm. and if you like what you're getting right or if you want it to be more customized I guess mm-hmm. you could say yeah and like you just said some of these venues that do this are very strict about what vendors whether it's outsourced or other vendors or just mm-hmm. one huge team that provides all of these services or if they are flexible with allowing you to hire or rent a different vendor right. to be a part of that package. Some will have kind of a, a short list of choices of you get mm-hmm. an option of these florists or these caterers. Yeah, I guess. And then so a non-inclusive venue yes. or non-all-inclusive venue, however you want to <laughs> phrase that. <laughs> Essentially, the yeah, that's pretty much you're paying for the space. Mm-hmm. You get a box, whatever that style of box is, whatever that menu looks like. Yeah. You get this room. Um, and that's Usually about it. Usually no staff, right? <laughs> no staff. Like, a decor um, closet. Yeah. Tables and chairs. Sometimes. Sometimes. Sometimes not. Yeah. It still is, you know, the nuance. Read the fine lines about what you're actually getting. Mm-hmm. Whether it's non-inclusive, semi or all-inclusive, if they have add-ons, you know, read through what are those add-ons? What do the hours look like? What do the logistics look like? The actual physical rentals? Any of those things. But yeah, if you have a non-inclusive you're essentially just paying for the space and then whether they provide a preferred or respected vendor list or not you're responsible for finding and hiring Mm -hmm. all of the other professionals that you will need for your wedding day do you think that one is better than the other and I think Mm. this is somewhat a subjective question yeah but I partially asked because when I was considering a venue I was Mm -hmm. do I go with this venue that was really I felt a little bit more strict on their all-inclusivity yeah and I wanted to be able to customize so that was another big reason of why I decided not to go with it but when I was talking to my coordinator that I was basically just waiting to book the venue before hiring you know she said you know an all-inclusive venue might operate like a well-oiled machine there's going to be a lot more moving pieces when you're not at an all-inclusive venue but what are your thoughts from I guess working at a lot of different venues yeah I think the note that I'm picking up on from what you're saying is flexibility I think the sweet spot is either semi-inclusive or all-inclusive that is flexible to an extent Mm -hmm. that is a really really great fit for a lot of clients for what they want for their wedding day because it helps alleviate the planning stress whether or not you have a day of coordinator or a planner but all of the decisions that need to be made for all of the Mm -hmm. vendors it's not as complicated it's exactly like you said a well-oiled machine but then paired with the ability to either kind of pick and choose some of the vendors or the specifics of the add-ons or packages to allow it to be custom so that way it's not just right. a generic you're funneled through a system every wedding this. is the same exactly yeah. like every single weekend they have the exact same wedding at this venue mm-hmm. and you're just one of many like you right. still can have choice and flexibility mm-hmm. yeah I think that's the sweet spot for a lot of couples out there because if you have truly an all-inclusive where you don't have that flexibility mm-hmm. exactly what you said it's all just set for you right 
Right. And that is a great fit for some couples that don't yeah. want to have the nuance of all of these decisions mm-hmm. over months. That's a great fit if they just trust these professionals and only want to be involved in the decisions that they absolutely need to make. Great. And then same with the complete opposite. I have a lot of couples that do want the highly custom experience yeah. where they are heavily involved in helping to design and choose mm-hmm. everything. everything. And they're fine with researching even alongside me right. for a ton of vendors. They want to go to all those meetings. They want to enjoy that part of their wedding They want experience. To, to go through and see who's the right fit, really. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. But So I think, uh, I guess a compromise, but that sweet spot yeah, in the middle, somewhere in the middle works really well for most people for their expectations, also their time mm-hmm. on top of whatever else they're doing in their life. That helps cut into, you know, saving some of their time for their wedding planning. So another point that we want to bring up that you will definitely want to consider before booking your wedding venue is what is the rain plan situation and what is kind of the logistical flow of how events usually operate where do guests enter what happens as they (laughs) go to the ceremony where do they go from the ceremony to cocktail hour and how does that change if you're doing an outdoor ceremony and weather does not permit for that on wedding day so what are some I guess tips that you'd say of things to look for what kind of makes for an easiest logistical way to handle those questions I feel like most venues don't have like a A clear plan plan. Mm -hmm. that makes sense or a desirable rain plan option well if you're following these tips in this order Mm -hmm. You're keeping in mind that their capacity count, what they're advertising, isn't what we advise to be the number of guests. Mm -hmm. And then whether it's all-inclusive, semi-inclusive, or non-inclusive will help determine if they're involved at all with helping with the rain plan. Like, when does that decision need to be made? Is any staff involved to help with that setup, with Mm -hmm. that flip? That's a good point. Anything like that. If you're trying to prioritize those tips before getting to rain plan these questions that you have for your venue should be pretty straightforward at this point it will essentially be how involved is your staff if involved at all what does that look like is that earlier in the week some venues require you to submit your rain plan to commit to it or not Mm -hmm. a week before your wedding day we all know the weather can still change a lot in that week some are fine with the day before just knowing even the morning of yeah so what does that time look like and again that's for their staff now, if there's no staff provided yeah. with your venue or even, you know, just provided for a rain plan, then you need to be working with, if you have a day of coordinator or planner, and then your venue, your uh, vendors to figure out How what that backup changes. plan looks like. Yeah. Exactly. Because that will affect, even Arrival if it's... times yeah. even. Yeah. It will mm-hmm. affect, even if you just have a venue where the ceremony is outside and everything else is inside... Moving your ceremony inside for a rain takes plan time. takes time, affects all of your vendors mm-hmm. except for hair and makeup, yeah. potentially. When do you kind of put a cutoff for your couples of when to make the decision on your rain plan? I, mm-hmm. I usually say when the florist arrives. Latest, I usually say like when it's getting close to DJ arrival. And I usually have the florist if it looks like there's a chance of rain. Start with the reception and then do the ceremony first. Yeah. Last, not first. I try to do early. I try earlier. to do earlier. So I'm I, a little too nice on it, I think. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's so generous. I So what I try to do with my couples, even if the venue requires a decision on a rain plan or not because their staff is setting up tables and chairs or right. whatever. 
they require that, you know, a week before even like the Monday of your wedding week or whatever. And they just need that to, you know, help communicate to their teams, to their staff, who, where they're setting up and the times and where, you know, mm-hmm. all that. I will advise my clients to still go with plan A, sun is shining mm-hmm. for their day if it's that far out. And then what we do throughout the week as we're watching the weather and definitely by the rehearsal, I like tell them we're going to be finalizing that decision at your rehearsal. Mm-hmm. So that way my team, whether on that day, like at the rehearsal or on the wedding day, can help adjust any of that already preset furniture. Yeah. And then also take the time to communicate to all of the vendors. Like I will send an email to everybody that night. Hey, okay, we have decided like... to stick to plan A. Yeah. Or they've switched. Like it looks, you know, yeah. 100% chance of rain or whatever. So we're sticking to the rain plan. So that's what I do. So that way my team and all the vendors know going into wedding day. That plan for rain. Plan or, for rain. Yeah. Or not. Yeah. Now the only time I can't do that is if, whether it's on venue staff or whatever, if there's so many moving parts and furniture, and usually if it's a very high capacity guest count, like very maxed out space, yeah, and the amount of vendors and teamwork that would it would take to move everything, even starting the night before, is just hours wise not doable. Mm-hmm. Then, and that we know based on their venue, based on their layout and their vendors mm-hmm. and all of that prior then I don't do that plan I we stick to what's yeah. set earlier on yeah so because I, I just can't move all of those tables and chairs by myself as much as I would love to sounds like you try to do it oh do you want, <laughs> do you want to know I can I just share oh go so go and yeah we had a wedding a few years ago now and we were it was like the last wedding of the year we thought oh my gosh it's gonna be so easy unexpectedly <laughs> unexpectedly was on and off raining okay yeah. and we, winter in the south it's yes, just rain <laughs> yeah and we had a band that also had to be set up where the ceremony was going to be if it was inside okay. it was pouring on and off yeah looked like it was going to be continuing to pour throughout the ceremony yep and we basically had almost finished setting up to do the ceremony inside but there was a little sliver of no rain so all the family they were doing family photos before goes to the ceremony site and takes all their photos and I go there to get the flowers down from the arbor because some flowers are fine in the rain yeah not gonna hurt them and the bride goes Megan are you taking those flowers down to move to the indoor arbor and I was like yep and it I'm gonna just tell you it was like soaking mud okay she's like we're we're gonna do the ceremony outside okay I was like like you're fine with you getting wet and your guests getting wet she got lucky and I feel like every single time this almost happens she got lucky it did not rain but I was like okay and I immediately we were holding guests and they had to be golf carted to the Mm -hmm. ceremony site okay so I immediately go on the walkie-talkie and I was like everyone stop what you're doing right now yeah Ceremonies outside. Yeah, I'll let you know when the family <laughs> is hidden. Yeah, so that we can start getting guests up here. But we had like two hundred guests to get yep. up in a very short amount of time to the ceremony site. Yep. Oh and God. so what we did was started the ceremony. I had no jacket on. I was wearing like a light <laughs> jumpsuit. My shoes were soaked from the yep. mud of the grass. Yep. <laughs> I had to stay. And also one of those situations where I ended up being the person to play all the ceremony music to that mm-hmm. was hooked into the sound system. So mm-hmm. I stayed we up there. Recommend that, no, don't recommend that. No, don't recommend. Do not. Hire a professional. We are not we're professional not, We're not great DJs. Yeah. <laughs> but... 
I like stayed up there, no jacket, feet soaking, started the ceremony. And then while ceremony was happening, two people, and I think catering ended up helping too. Whole time during the ceremony, once we got everyone down the aisle, flipped the ceremony or the the indoor ceremony space back to the reception. But yeah, that was probably the quickest. And I'll tell you, I was like, okay, but we're going to be off on this timeline and we're going to completely change it, you know, in the mid spot. But which, I mean, if your couple's fine with that, if that's their priority, if they that's their priority, want to do that and they are fine with and the if compromises, the vendors are okay with it. True. And all vendors right. had. But it's not an ideal situation right. in terms of things flowing right. as seamlessly as they could. Had we right. not had the size of team that we had there that day, mm-hmm. it wouldn't have been an ideal situation yeah. and it wouldn't have gone. We wouldn't have pulled it off as well as right. we did. That w- it wouldn't have been yeah. an option, honestly. Right. Yeah. But part of the reason and I think that that was able to work was because that venue had a separate ceremony space and a separate cocktail hour space mm-hmm. so that either way, some guests may have seen the end of the, the flip that didn't need to happen, yep. get put back into place, but we had ample space to move bodies too. So that's one thing, I guess, with all that to think about. You're back to tip number one, your guest count and the capacity <laughs> of the space. And like what spaces are included with the venue. Right. Is it just, I know I keep joking about a venue being a box, but is it, is it literally one giant room? Mm-hmm. Or are there, is there a separate room that gets used for, you know, cocktail hour usually, or maybe the ceremony? Right. Are there adequate spaces for outside to that have are covered an even. Exactly. Because yeah. whether it's, you know, following the radar or like I had a wedding this last year where she really really wanted her ceremony outside no matter what and we were able to make decisions about the rain plan like at the rehearsal we didn't have to make it earlier in the week and it just looked spotty mm-hmm. and it was a September wedding so for here it's if it's spotty it's going to be spotty it's not going to just rain the whole day and so what we decided to do actually was she was fine with flipping the ceremony and the cocktail hour, mm. just completely flipping that. That's smart. If it looked like radar would be better during the time of the cocktail hour. Yeah. And so I communicated that to all of her vendors. She was at a semi-inclusive venue mm-hmm. and everyone was on board. That didn't seem like any issue. She didn't want to be seen by her guests or her groom. So we talked about if this happens, then she was just going to like keep getting ready and refresh mm-hmm. and not come out for cocktail hour. But we would just invite guests and straight into yeah. the cocktail hour. We ended up not doing it. it the radar was okay. actually perfect for her ceremony and actually through cocktail hour. But we, that was an alternative plan that we had come up with because yeah. it was, it was three separate spaces, but right. she wanted to prioritize the ceremony. So, I mean, these two stories yeah. show a lot of times your vendors and your teams, you know, within reason are flexible, can make you know, problem solving can make ends meet, right. make it work on the day, but it, it's, you know, within reason. It depends on staff yeah. and timing and, and how flexible what you're compromising. To be. Yeah, and what you're okay with compromising, right. Right. I think. Right. Like the bride was giving up having a cocktail hour with her guests yeah. because it was more important to her yeah. to not be seen yet and to come out for her ceremony and have that ceremony outside. And if she's fine with that and vendors can do it, great. Mm-hmm. We're all on board. Let's make it happen. Yeah. We actually had one wedding that we took that very last night 
minute. We literally, yeah. rain had cleared. I had everybody lined up ready to go. I opened the door to give the DJ the cue to start the processional song. And I see 200 guests and the DJ running towards the door. And I just scream oh, no. to everyone in the line, go into the groom suit. <laughs> Bride was upstairs because they didn't do yeah. a first look. And they, you could just see it on their faces. They really wanted to do it outside. So we're like, let's wait 10 minutes. Yeah. After 10 minutes, we decided cocktail hour first. And they were okay with it. Yeah. And they were so happy they did it after. So. Yeah. And lastly, our final tip is thinking about style. Obviously, a lot of people want to think about that first. And we get it. Style's really great. But if you don't think through some of these logistics, all these other tips that we advised, then ultimately it doesn't really matter what your style is if the venue's not going to work. Right. For your budget, for your guest count, Mm -hmm. having a good rain plan or not, any of those things are going to take precedent and going to need to be problem solved no matter what the style of the day is. Agreed. That being said, though. (laughs) Can I devil's advocate slightly? Yeah, of course. I do think it's important to consider what style you want while choosing your venue because if you get a venue that is completely opposite of your style and then you're trying to cover the entire venue, true, that's part true. of your budget that could have gone elsewhere. And if you love your venue, you might not have to do as much decor-wise or you right. could keep it more minimalistic. Right. I mean, it's all preference, right? But And if the venue you really love, whether it's bigger or smaller than what you were thinking for your guest count, mm-hmm. you haven't invited those guests yet. Right. So if that venue takes precedent, it is a higher priority for you to get married at that venue and to alter yeah, your, your budget, your guest count, um, come up with creative alternatives for a rain plan, what what have you. Yeah. Then we're Go all for, for it. it. <laughs> Just know how that's going to affect everything else. Again, like as much as we want every couple to have everything on their wish list, that's very rare. You're going to have to compromise something at some yeah. point. So if style is what you will not compromise on, then pick the venue of your dreams and be willing to compromise on any of those other tips. Yeah, definitely. So I guess to recap, On things to consider before you officially book your wedding venue. First and foremost, definitely do some investigating on your guest count, what the capacity is, but then what that, like, what's the word for it? Like, comfortable guest count Right, translate to with your actual number of guests. Right. (laughs) And then second, consider your wedding budget, how choosing that venue will affect your wedding budget. Third outweigh the pros and cons I guess of an all-inclusive venue and a non-inclusive venue Mm -hmm. and then the logistics spaces rain plan all that and then I guess our last tip is then consider (laughs) your style of your wedding yeah Um, anything else you have for our listeners to kind of add on this topic I mean, hire a day of coordinator or a planner to help you process any of this. That's very true. (laughs) Thanks Thanks for for tuning tuning in to the Prelude Podcast. (laughs) Don't forget to subscribe and hit the notification bell for updates on our next episodes.